Hello everyone, welcome once again. We've got a new episode of How to Pakistan and everyone reminded us exactly on the day that we promised our missed episode. We're back once again and this time round, as usual, is the family galtineti ye hamare jo musharraf zaidi bhai hai. He was missing in action. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, Assalamu alaikum uh, listeners, friends, countrymen. Uh, overseas Pakistanis, Punjabis, 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 Mahajars, Sindhis, Baloch, Saraikis, Hazarewals, Foreigners, all the people that I love. <laughs> I want to wish you Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. I will wish the Pakhtun Bradri yes. Eid Mubarak tomorrow. Yes. Because I know that there's a, you know, you like to do things differently. We do. We do. Unless we get it done that way. How do you deal with this racism, Fasilaka? This constant barrage of anti-Pakhtun sentiment that courses through the veins of the national discourse. Like there's no goddamn tomorrow. Listen, I have to, on a serious note, I have to say that I had... So you pick up on it uh, on occasion. And I mean, I won't deny that there's racism everywhere and on all sides. But... I, over the years, you occasionally hear something when somebody's not sure you're a Pukhtun or not. And then you hear something that really jars you. You were Punjabi. Exactly. You There needs to be a word for it. Pakhtar. Right? Like you've got Gaydar, you need a Pakhtar to realize that this guy is... But, uh, recently, I found that on um, issues of the PTM, the Pakhtun movement, I uh, a lot of people who defended what some of their fringe people were saying, which was obviously uh, you know uh, racist also, but that reverse that came out from people I thought were much much better poised to realize that you know you got to be above this. That was fairly shocking to me. Was it really? I mean, you're a Rhodes Scholar, so just think about your answer before you... I mean, you're a smart guy. Were you really shocked that, like... Were you really shocked that this almost designer conflict, right? I say designer because it's engineered. Because all... You, and, and it's engineered not by some some intelligence agency or... It's engineered by the very technology that is driving this, this whole conversation. Mm. It's engineered in the sense that you need one person to walk in and contaminate the entire conversation. Yeah, One well said. Yeah, right? I agree. And the real challenge is not preventing that one person because that one person is a guarantee that there will be, in every conversation, there will be that one person. There will be that one moment when somebody walks in and basically contaminates the entire conversation. Yeah. That, the, the real test is how you and I and our dear listeners respond to that one individual absolutely we can either make it a matter of our honor yeah and we must flame and take down that bad person yeah or we can say you know what by responding to this i'm engaging with it and my engagement with it is the life force that it needs and i will not oxygenate this kind of stupidity this kind of nastiness absolutely i agree i also think i think one of the interesting things that maybe hit home to me was you know there is this um, um, issue where 
they've often said is that you know people who have been oppressed or who have had faced any kind of trauma then to expect them to talk about it in a measure fashion, in a measure terms it's yeah. like you know uh, you've uh, I don't know if this was the case or and I hope I'm not using the example incorrectly or insensitively but you know with Mukhtara Mai you look at the enormity of what happened to her you know gang raped paraded around and then if she went to a police station and said and she was screaming and maybe she was even saying some utterly irrational things or utterly you know and the police wala says you know what i'm not registering jack until you calm down lady calm down lady calm down exactly and so wait so you're saying that the cop is duty bound to absorb the brunt of her rage owing to the specific experience that she's just gone through. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so you think that's the cop's job? Yeah. Okay, so I think there's people out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I agreed with you all the time, Fussy, people would think this whole thing is a setup. <laughs> that, that, that there's a conspiracy. Yeah. That you and I get together before we record this <laughs> podcast and we discuss the topic and we decide on what poison yeah. we will inject into the brains of the young and the impressionable. Yeah. The benign and the innocent, <laughs> the, benign and the, innocent. the naive uh-huh. and the wondrous, yeah. daisy-like yeah. individual intellects Absolutely. of each and every one of our millions yeah. and gazillions yeah. and trillions. Which, yeah. which one's bigger? <laughs> trillions. Tr- sorry. Yeah. Trillions yeah. of listeners. We don't want people to get that impression. Yes. We do no preparation whatsoever no, for this never. conversation. Yes. <laughs> and so it just so happens that I agree with you on this point, but yeah. because I don't want any conspiracy theories yeah. out there, ladies and gentlemen, I will disagree with Fussy. Yes. I will say this. How is it a cop's job to absorb the brunt of an injustice that took place that has nothing to do with the cop? How, how's, how, how is it the cop's job to bear the brunt of that blowback. So that's interesting. I mean, I think there are two, three things. One is that when we look at what is the job of a cop, and it's not just to provide a redressal. It's also to be a therapist? It's also to provide the grounds for preventing such things from happening. Okay, good. Okay, so now we're talking. So the fact that the injustice happened today is in fact the cop's job. Yes, so that's a good one. I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. But let's just make a little parallel <laughs> turn towards non-cuckoo land, yeah. Mr. Fussy's up <laughs> Yeah. Let's say there was a bad dude yeah. that was the sheriff yeah. of this town yeah. called Stan. Right. I get it. And this dude was a bad dude. He misused people's beliefs. Yes to perpetuate his own sheriffdom yes. over the innocent yeah. and the naive. Yes. The waif-like. Yeah. The genteel. Yes. And then many years later, the poison pill yeah. of that sheriff's brutal rule changed everything. And now there's a new sheriff. Yeah. And we say... Sheriffdom itself is evil. Yeah. And we will take it down. Yeah. Because sheriffs suck. We hate sheriffs. They ruin everything for us. Yeah. 
God damn those sheriffs. Yeah. Fair? So I think it's one impractical. It is, so it is impractical. <laughs> it is impractical. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pachtunarama. Yeah. Please listen to this man and what he says. Yeah. So I, I mean, look, so I think. I also think that... No, 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 no. What did you just say right now? Make it. The really good thing that I... You're agreeing with Mustafa I am agreeing, but I have to add one thing, is that the phrasing of, you know, how Stan would describe what's happened around his sheriffdom, and this... Stan is not a dude. Stan is a place. Yes, but this is also... By the way, it bears no... Any resemblance that Stan bears to Pakistan yes, is yes. purely coincidental. It's coincidental. But, but the interesting thing is that if you look at it in this perspective, is that this particular frame of reference that a protest against, let's say, Stan and his whole... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So you think there's a protest against the land, the place? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the sheriff. The sheriff. Right? No, sheriff isn't... It's not Sheriff Stan. Right. The sheriff is the sheriff of a town called Stan. Okay, okay. So I just because we gotta get our we gotta get our right. parallels exactly right. So do you wanna should we shut down the recording and start this Because <laughs> <laughs> you came up with convoluted analogy that's hard to keep track of right now. Because I've laid a trap for you. Okay. I'm gonna walk you and the entirety of Pakhtun identity right into the bear trap. Right. So, so, uh, so my point. Bear hug. Be, yeah, it's a bear hug. Bear hug. Okay. Right. So, so the, my point to this would be is that um, number one, if you look at how this is phrased, that you know this whole thing is against the sheriff of Stan, and that there should be no sheriff of Stan, and that is a really good way of sidetracking the actual conversation you want to have. And and I'm sure some fall into that bait as well because the co- conversation is that the sheriff of Stan needs to be able to do things differently, needs to break from the past. There's a lot of new things that are happening. They require the sheriff of Stan to still be there on the ground, work in many different ways. But to say that any criticism on what the sheriff of Stan believes should be done or how things have been done is a repudiation of having a sheriff of Stan. So in, in, in it's a way, bad, bad way to drive the conversation. Sure. I th- I, look, I, yeah. think, I think that we, we need to be able to distinguish, but I, and I also think we need to be able to... Hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, is this yours? No. Okay. Yeah. You can leave. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. <laughs> so that was my kid. No, um, that was a dude. Um, there was an interruption. Yes. I just don't think that we're going to get anywhere by ramping up the temperature in the conversation. My My, my sole interest is we need to have a conversation. Yeah. We're not having a conversation. Yeah. We're shouting at each other. Yeah. It just so happens that one of the parties that's shouting has like lead walls and guns and power. Yeah. And the other party doesn't. To that extent, yeah. I think the idea of an equal 
responsibility on both parties is 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 fundamentally unfair. Yeah. But the question has to be: What are you aiming for? Are you aiming for fairness, or are you aiming for effect- effectiveness? So I think uh, it's both, actually, right? Because what what is fairness? It's an it's an amorphism. I, I mean, it's a it, it's just look. I just you know the insistence on a certain playing field whilst the game is going on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like the do, you, you remember when you used to play cricket? Yeah. And uh, on the street. Yeah. And Maghrib ki azan hone wali hai. Yeah. It's getting dark. And there's always this one guy who's like, no, that wasn't out. And then the whole match becomes about whether it was out or not. Yeah. And you spend five or six minutes. And then it's Maghrib time. Azan happens. Everybody runs off. Yeah. And that's the end of the game. <clears throat> Isn't everybody's interest served better by actually playing the game? So then I arguing about the rules of the game because the rules of the game are being disrupted. Yeah. And it, they're being disrupted for two reasons. One, there's a technological cataclysm that is ongoing and that will continue by the way. Like, you know, it's Twitter today. There's going to be some next level stuff where yeah. people are tapping their brains and and tweets are coming out of yeah. them and into your brain. Right? Yeah. You won't even need a screen potentially. Yeah. There's a bunch of AI stuff out there already. Yeah. There's implants. There's all sorts of things. So when you, when you end up having, when you end up having this constantly changing technology, it'll come with upheaval. Yeah. The other thing that's happening is, this society is changing and it's changing dramatically. We've yeah. talked about it on the on the on the podcast. There's a younging. Yeah. There's a transition from one kind of conflict to I think a different kind. There's regional and global changes. Saudi Arabia and Iran are ramping up. That means Shias and Sunnis are going to be incentivized to say the nastiest possible things they can say to each other yeah. here in Pakistan. Yeah. Even though neither the Sunnis are going to be living like the Saudi royals, yeah. nor the Shias are going to be living like the Ayatollahs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The incentives for people to get us into arguments about things that don't actually fundamentally relate to our respective well-beings are very high. Yeah. I so I, I I do agree. Look, my my point is also is that I'm also one of those people who has reluctantly come to the side of recognizing that there's a moral relativism at play in order to have a certain degree of efficiency so that things actually run. We need a state that has to be in running order. We need a state that has fissures as few as possible. At the same time, I have a huge problem when a push is being done for control which is actually rooted in more that no amount of control should come over unchecked power which has happened and which is expanding over time now in this particular case again you know like when you're seeking to engage i agree they're not equal whatsoever and i think one of the reasons that panic is now setting in is because you're wondering that okay we've heard the ispr's presser is that where will all this stop and you don't want a point where you get such a degree of disaffection because we've seen it historically in our state whether it's Balochistan even before that 
And the point is that you got to prevent that. You got to prevent also realizing is that even if you solve some of the unfairness, that institutions will remain and that we're going to need those institutions and move forward. I think at this particular point, I do agree that if you go out and suddenly get all emotional, it doesn't really work. The sad thing, like I have this thing where I remember, you know, somebody tagging me into an article and saying like, oh, look at this dude. He has to like plead and, you know, say, oh, maybe these guys are this. You and I have had this discussion also. Why is that there? That's there also because it's a recognition of two things. One is that there's a huge empower balance. And the second is you actually hope that before things get really bad or somebody acts in ways that they shouldn't be doing, which is not good for the state, you want the other side also to concede. And right now, I see that responsibility. I mean, you... We've seen, uh, you know, the recent abductions. We've seen the recent uh, problems. We've seen the problem in Wana that's happening. You know, whatever you might think of Ali Wazir, he's said a number of things, but his protection of life, if we had a question that, you know, we wouldn't extend the services of the state to people who actually said something that somebody found obnoxious, we'd have a very tenuous relationship which would only exacerbate the problems that already exist between segments and the state. So I'm, you know, I, I do agree with this whole thing about tempering it. And, um, but at the same time, you know, there also has to be some kind of evidence that that tempering will result in some kind of pushback or some clawback. I'll tell you one other thing. Like one of the things that occurred to me with the PTM, you know, it was about three, four years ago. I was pretty convinced something like that was going to happen. I just got it wrong where it would happen. From people I knew in SWAT, they were really angry. And it was pretty much some of the same reasons. Now, you can you can get a sense of what's happening. But if you have a degree of, you know, unassailable presence, then what happens is that you continue with what you have to do because any form of change is an imposition that requires different thing, it requires an effort. That it came from Waziristan, sort of, you know, I, I wasn't expecting it. But that's from that Bannu, I think. Yeah, but, but the point I'm saying is that now some of those changes have come into place. But my question is, did it really need people getting across together all across the country, then, you know, articulating a certain kind of movement that is there. I mean, this all this didn't have to happen. No, of course if those not. changes were possible and didn't happen. I mean, if somebody who's as removed, such as myself, or even I'm sure you've heard mumblings across the years, right? That on the ground, you would have felt it. So I, I just think that the problem we are also saying is that when we're asking, I just dig, I, dug up a piece. I just want to add one thing. Sorry. I just want to add one thing. It's like, you know, when we also urge, and I also urge restraint, because we need to work this out, because this, we've got to move forward together. But you can't have the principal powerful party creating the incentives for a reaction that is not dialogue. Look, again, I don't think that the debate is on the norms of what you're saying. I, I think the debate for me, Fussy, is on the practicality of what we're trying to get to. Yeah. My big fear, and you know, it's a complicated context in which we're recording this and, and, and talking. We've had things happen that really shouldn't be happening. We've had things that have been said that shouldn't be said. 
I am quite actually uh, I'm quite sympathetic to what is happening from the perspective of the authorities uh, I really do think a lot of soldiers have died and I think that there is an inward uh, orientation within our security establishment that isn't able to see why anybody would complain like there's a genuine yeah. they're perplexed yeah they're wondering wait a second we just we just gave so many lives yeah. and and sacrificed so much to create peace and now people want to people want to call our integrity into question yeah. people want to accuse us of things is is what's happening on the other end yeah and and of course and i've written extensively about it and i yeah. still continue to believe that there's a core legitimacy yeah to what uh, these young men uh, and some women uh, are saying with respect to uh, the Tafas movement. Yeah. Um, the fact that so much trust has disappeared and there's such a deep distrust should not provoke a reaction of anger or rage among people like you and you and I and I would say among all our listeners it should provoke a moment of reflection how is it that these young flowers of the valleys of KP now alhamdulillah not fata there is no yeah. no fata that these flowers don't feel that anything less than poisonous rhetoric will get them the attention they need to draw to draw attention to things that need to be fixed. Mm. And how is it that these these gallant amazing brave soldiers who who saved this country from the brink literally literally from the brink and and gave their lives for these very people can't see the reason in listening to in listening to them in tolerating some of the harsher things they're saying so that they can have a dialogue. So why why why, <clears throat> why is this happening? Mm. One of the reasons is we're trying to conduct a dialogue in in an age of fitna. You can't have uh, a reasonable dialogue in the public discourse, especially not on social media. What are you going to say to each other? Half of what you're saying all the time is a performance. And half the performance is for people that are detractors and half the performance is for people that are on your side. I mean, uh, the amount of balancing and then the incentives for extremely imbalanced provocations uh, they're really they're off the charts no I agree uh, the army can't be seen within the army itself as an institution to be weak and to be allowing people to to accuse it of, of really nasty things concurrently uh, young Pashtun leaders can't be seen to be kowtowing to the establishment and to being seen to being open to be bought off and if you have those kinds of incentives in the public domain are you, where are you going to end up except not talking to each other? And what are we going to get out of not talking to each other? Hmm. What are we? We're all, we're all in this together. Forget the nationalistic aspect of we're one country. We're actually geographically bound. This is a big crib. And we're all little Pakistan babies. And we all want each other's baby food and, and, and little, little binkies. And you know, we want We want each other's toys. And some of us are like, you know, unclothed and unfed and <clears throat> don't have any toys. And, you know, some of us do. And so, you know, there's there's this contest. But ultimately, we're all, uh, you know, we all have to live here. We all mm. have to find a way to get along. Uh, 
a lot of us that are sort of on the wrong side of 40, <laughs> you know, have to learn how to accept that young people are not going to behave themselves, that people who, who clearly have PTSD are not going to be able to conduct a uh, fully mature or balanced conversation. And on the other side, um, we, we have to accept that we're part of one country. We have to accept that we have an institution that has actually made some of the biggest mistakes, you know, that that, that, that institution could make and has not been accountable for it, and yet at the same time has has given actual blood constantly so for, I, for, for, for our protection yeah, and so for our benefit. I, I agree. I mean, I was... Um, this last part that you were talking about, I, I think that's also important in terms of what you said before also, is I think one of the things that pollutes the conversation is that, you know, with the young Jawan who's out there and who's given his life, there's no amount of money, there's no amount of anything that is love for the country, yep. even if it's in the context. Now, what happens is that tends to mix with um, some... Look, I think what are the questions that we're asking? The questions are, what are the generals doing? What have they been doing over the past? And I don't think there's a big secret. I mean, even though uh, they've got a problem maybe with Asad Durrani writing a number of things, any X number of people writing a number of things. But the point being is that that I agree with absolutely. I mean, that there is no doubt whatsoever. That guy, he doesn't care which part of the country is in. He just knows, he knows, he doesn't even need to know what, who, why, or where, but that this is for the country and he'll do it. But when it comes to a criticism of what is the elite within that structure, I think that is valid and I think that that is something that needs to be done. I'll, I'll, I'll add another thing and I think where I think the institution gets it absolutely wrong is that, look, one is that I, I don't believe there's anyone in history who's ever done it, but in the fog of war, you're going to make mistakes, right? Sometimes you even hit your own people, right, in uniform. That's, there's terms for that, things like that. So to feel that, you know, one is absolutely absolved, that just cannot be. I mean, that's not even questioning motivations. That's just a practical thing. The second thing, I think, is that like, you look at the police in Pakistan, They've also lost people and they've done some amazing work. But, you know, there's criticisms of the institution. That criticism of the institution does not mean that any of those cops who died did so or it lessens it whatsoever. I think, again, the question is that, like, when you look at the PTM, for example, you know, you can find X said this once, X said this once. And I agree, that needs to be called out. Because there's some stuff you no, know. No, but uh, no, but, but on, uh, look. I, but but the central grievance and the need. Look, who's going? Who has a budget behind them? Who has institutions? Who has, you know, training? Whatever. Who's the stronger party? In yeah, this? but look, the whole framing of this conversation, Fassi, is that there's X versus Y, and what yeah. I'm saying is this can't be. There is no conversation if it's X versus Y, because you know who's going to win. This is like a matter of practicality. It's not a norms-based conversation. Yeah. If you make it X versus Y, who's going to win? Yeah. Who's going to win? My, well, no, 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 Fassi, no. answer the question. Yeah, yeah. If you make it X versus Y, who's going to win? X is going to win. Okay, yeah. so then it cannot be X versus Y. It yeah. has to be X multiplied by Y. Yeah. It has to be a melding of function yeah. and a, a, a fundamental common ground. Yeah. And that won't go the way we want it to 
especially in the beginning. Yeah. Because it'll seem like the people who've already been victims will be making the concessions. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the nature of power. So I, I agree with that. I agree with that. My problem though is that the time at which we're saying this. If you have one of their leaders who's being now surrounded effectively, even now we don't know what the story is, that in Wana, which is Ali Wazir, right? Then for us to say that now let's make sure that, you know, you get together. Because one of the things of the dialogue process has already taken place. They've talked and whatever. And then this is the outcome that shouldn't be happening or one should say is, okay, we're in dialogues with X, but uh, we'll protect him during the dialogue process. So my point is that, you know, that... We cannot, we agree for the need for dialogue, but also that during the interim dialogue process, we can't presume that both are equal parties, and that we also expect... No, that but that goes both ways, faith, right? But that, that in good faith, you know, people say, okay, let's put a pause on this. Well, I, I think a lot of people would say that if you're accusing the military of driving terrorism... Hmm and that that happens to jive with international efforts. What I'm saying right now is that there's a guy under threat, and we have to go and make sure that that threat is finished. You are not to convince you and I. Yeah. We're already convinced. I'm yeah. saying you convince karna. Yeah. Who, who do you need to convince? The guy that you need to convince, you're saying you're the, you're the terrorist. Yeah. You're the reason for all the problems. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Even if there's a modicum of truth in that, a kernel of truth in it, it is not going to happen. That there, that is not a conversation. That's yeah. the that's the end. Like that's the beginning and the end of the story. It's not a long one, and it's not fun. It, it's not nice. It's not pleasant. It's not what we want. It's not the way that it should be. It's not constitutional. It it it, it ain't right, but it is. We have to find a way of negotiating around the realities that we exist in instead of complaining about the realities that that we wish existed. Yeah, yeah. And I don't doubt that because I also agree if you want to get even the stronger party to the negotiating table, you're going to also have to concede ways in which you articulate your demands. But at this particular point in time where there is an ongoing threat to one of the parties, where there is muscle that could hopefully... If And it needs to be seen to be doing that. Because also, if you want tomorrow to cut down the ability of the other party to say or frame something in a certain way, what better than using this opportunity right now? If only that level of wisdom was available over the counter. Anyhow, sad thought. We, um, when we started this, and it's been, mashallah, uh, it's been a while. It's been almost three years since we did this. Yeah. For the first time. I think we had two or three things that were motivating this. One was that I think there's, if it's not obvious to the listeners, there's a deep degree of affection, uh, an extreme, extremely high level of respect, and, uh, and real genuine love. Yeah, uh, that you and I share. Yeah, um, long may it last, and uh, long may it outlast our lives and continue into future generations yeah. of zakas and zedis. Uh, but that was really kind of 
the side dish yeah. to what we were trying to do here. Because when we, we when we named it How to Pakistan, we were trying to establish a kind of a quasi norm about how we could talk about stuff Absolutely. that's really difficult. Yeah. yeah. And stuff that we may even disagree on. Yeah. And how we could do it by poking fun at each other. Yeah. So I very deliberately do like you know the Pashtun. <laughs> like I know that some some brothers and sisters will find it offensive, and I know times are sensitive, but that's the whole point. The whole yeah. point is that, like, I really like forget Pakistan. Like friggin' Pashtun completes me. I'm not me. I'm yeah. not complete if 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 there's no Pashtun yeah. or Pakhtun. Yeah. Right. And. So I want I want to find a way of having that conversation, and not just yeah. Pakhtuns, like uh, Sindhis, Punjabis, yeah. Shias, Sunnis, Christians, Hindus, Ahmadis. We're all like we all belong to this place called Pakistan. Yeah, and we have fundamental differences. Yeah, really strong differences. Yeah, and based on legitimate uh, grievances, yeah, historical injustices. Yeah, uh, forget historical injustices that are happening right now. There's yeah. a place right now somewhere where. Where a strong version of X is gobbling up a weak version of Y. Yeah. And and I guess what I'm saying in this conversation is as difficult and as painful as it is for us to accept at one level the victimization of Y, yeah. we have to find a way of having this conversation in which we don't create more distance between X and Y. I agree. That is probably one of the most difficult things and you know, I have to say, like, you know, even you and me, uh, for me, it's also an emotional time because, you know, you just somehow think sometimes that we're past this. And, you know... Yeah, every time. Like, every time and... Every time we think we've made... Like, we've jumped, like, you know... Like, I thought after, you know, 2015, the whole year, I thought, oh, we, we did it. We're there. And it shouldn't have been like this. Same with me. Some of, some of the dudes that, you know, I talk to from, like, you know, people from Sawat. Yeah. I think that's those are the people we have most access to because there's so much mobility. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah. And I think they went through something that I think even in Fata, I mean, it was a really different experience. Yeah, yeah, Fazullah yeah. and everything. It was also much faster. It was... Um, and no, but like even like Karachi, you know, we don't talk about Karachi as much. Yeah. And at one level, I think, you know, I always sort of, you know, like, I, I think we should talk more about Karachi. Yeah. Like, you know, this this individual, clearly mentally and emotionally unstable, yeah. but still an icon for so many people, yeah. use their their loyalty and their, their sense of grievance, yeah. uh, maybe to his own benefit. There's yeah. definitely a criminal mafia as yeah. part of it, but that's not the whole thing. And my whole problem has always been is that, you know, I sometimes, one of my, you know, we've done that joke before also, is that sometimes you find even Pakistan's oppressed minorities with their own prejudices. And yeah, yeah, say, just say, us, and they're like, like jumping on the smaller minority. Yeah, like, like, what guys, are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if you, um, I was against the renaming of NWFP to KP. And it was for a very different reason. And mine was, yeah, I, I agree. You know, the rest of Pakistan, we've got grievances and all that. But I said, we have someone in our province who we're a majority over, the Hazaras. Yeah. They don't want this name. 
because they're also part of it. Whether you make it Hazara, I don't care. But, you know, we have a cha- chance to let something go for the larger interest to make sure we're together. Obviously, I mean, a lot of people hated it. Uh, friends of mine, you know, they were like, yeah. what kind of... No, and a lot of them don't say Khaybar. They just say Pakhtun right? That's a very deliberate, like, that's a, yeah. that's a political choice yeah. that and, people and, make. And my, my point is, like, I, I believe, I, I, was, I was agreeing that, you know, why should we just be NWFP? We can do that. But, you know, if we've seen something over 50, 60 years, the moment you get a chance for majoritarianism, we cannot do the same thing. And that's why, and it's just, I swear right now, like, you know, everything you see, uh, like right now, I, for the first time in a long time, like it sort of guts me because you, we've had this discussion, you know, before off air and like, I have a lot of fear, like where we're going, what kind of fissure this can create, the number of things that can happen. I hope none of it happens, but I just, I don't see and, you know, I, I don't take solace in the thing that, you know, usually things turn okay. But, you know, we've seen how things have turned okay after 70,000 people who should have been living a full life, right? We don't, we celebrate it and we should celebrate it. It's an amazing achievement. But again, you know, there are things we can prevent. And I just hope that there's wiser counsel. Look, we're not going to end a conversation like this today. Yeah. So, without clutching at straws, let me give you a whopper. A whopper before iftar. Yeah. You can only smell it. You can't have it until iftar. Okay. This fata normalization is the single biggest window for transformational change that this region has seen in decades. Yeah. True or false? Absolutely. How can we? How can we be? How can we be this sad? with that whopper sitting right there. Yeah. It's just a matter of somebody standing up and saying the azan and we can have iftar. And what I mean by that, that's a metaphor, obviously, yeah. for real visionary leadership yeah. in the run-up to, and if not in the run-up to, then immediately after the formation of the next government yeah. that says, here are seven districts yeah. that are, ooh, baby, way behind, yeah. way behind the rest of KP. Yeah. Not the rest of Pakistan, the rest of KP. The bottom-ranked district in the primary school infrastructure rankings of Alif Alan in the yeah. most recent version, the bottom-ranked KP district is number 60. Yeah. The top-ranked Fata district is number 80-something. Right. It's a vast disparity. Yeah. Acha, we know why this happened. School infrastructure in Fata was decimated yeah. by the conflict. Yeah. Double down, rebuild all of it in one fiscal year. Yeah. That can be comes, done. It absolutely yeah. can be yeah. done. The PTI has shown that it can be done. It's yeah. done it with the whole province. KP's infrastructure scores increased dramatically. Yeah. It doesn't matter PTI ho, JUIF ho, it doesn't matter who's in charge. It's a Pakistani responsibility to build those schools back. Forget about all the other uh, trappings. Just build the schools back immediately. Yeah. Number one. Number two, hire teachers. There are young Pakhtuns, tribals who are angry, who are who find the PTM narrative to be appealing. And part of the reason is they don't have jobs. They don't have any hope. They're not vict- victors. You only feel like you win a war if you're standing not on the just the victorious side, but you also have to have some spoils. Yeah. Where are the spoils of war for the people of Khabar, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of Khabar Agency, of yeah. Kuram, of Urugzai, yeah. of Bajor, of uh, North and South Waziristan? Give them the spoils. Create jobs. 
Yeah. Go and open up BISP program. Yeah. Double up the BISP uh, grant. Yeah. Make more roads. This and and all of the, you know before we had the excuse. The Pakistani elite had the excuse. Yeah. Not we, or or we. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all collectively had the oh no fata yeah. black hole ilaka ghair tribal areas yeah. FCR yeah. same rules don't apply yeah. can't even go there it's all gone man it's all khabar pakhtunkha yeah we need to go in there and we need to build massively yeah so that before the provincial assembly elections in those 23 provincial assembly seats yeah. that have come that are coming out of these seven agencies before that election the conversation is about quality of education not whether a school building yeah. is standing or not Uh, this is doable. Yeah, I just add one thing. It's like, you know, today I don't know how it ha- rapidly happened in that little brief moment, but we both got really emotional in the past in shows. Either you've gotten emotional separately or me separately, but I don't know. So anyhow, I also hope I feel a bit better, and that's why I will share something, which you had asked me before that once do it in the show. So I I, I did that. I did a education reform. reports on KP and for that I had to go to one of the meetings where I met the education minister at a press conference for KP and I just love the story because I cracked up right there and then the education minister is talking and you know the guys are saying like you guys have been talking about quality but what you've really done is you've built schools you're all infrastructure and you've done so much furniture and then this one guy he says to him sir आपने तो कहा था दैट यू हैव पुट अ वन बिलियन ट्रीज हाउ मेनी हैव यू कट फॉर दीज फर्नीचर इन एजुकेशन मिनिस्टर लुक्स एट हिम स्माइल एंड ही सेज लकड़ी मैंने पंजाब से नहीं inshallah uh, that's there and we continue to talk disagree and move things forward so thank you musharraf saab for this great opportunity to speak thank you uh, fasi uh, let's keep talking and to all the people out there find somebody you disagree with and find common ground and tell them you love them just as a human being absolutely somebody that you really disagree with go out and tell them you love them They don't even have to be Pakistani. Yeah. Everyone, Khudafiz, happy Iftar or Sari, wherever you are. Khudafiz. 